You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Friday morning before Florida, Georgia. No matter the result... It was always Florida, Georgia. We can call it after now. You know, Florida's won last year. Everybody can call it Florida, Georgia. But let's get your fans. It's always Florida, Georgia, of course. Well, hope you're doing well. I know we're looking at this game. It's not, not at the level it is most of the time. It's why I think, uh, if I remember right, this is probably – First time it's not a top 10 matchup since Dan Mullen's been head coach. I'm pretty sure that's right. If I'm wrong, I'm sure you guys will let me know, but I think it's the first time it's not a top 10 matchup since Dan Mullen's been head coach of Florida. So, Addison stature of the game this year. as we look toward uh, taking down the number one Georgia Bulldogs. I see Unique in here. I'm going to – I've talked enough this week, of course. <laughs> Check out Gators Breakdown if you haven't yet this week. Plenty of discussion there for Florida, Georgia. But this is all about – this is more about you guys uh, getting here, talking, and discussing. Let's get it started. Let me bring Unique in here. Hey, man. Dave. How are you? I'm good, man. I've been waiting on this day. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Uh, I got a question, man. Um, mm-hmm. This team, let's say let's say we go into this game, and if yeah. you look at all the games, we lost every game by one possession. Right. Let's say we win those possessions. What's, well, then what's the outtake on this game? Is, is, do people – is this – a whole different um, outlook on this game now. If it was just those one possessions changed and Florida's undefeated, uh, yeah, I think so. Probably looking well, maybe a little bit better in this. Where my mind went, kind of initially, where maybe Florida's kind of getting viewed the way Kentucky was going into the Georgia game. Uh, you know, uh, a hard, scrappy team that finds a way to win games. Uh, but I think what would put Florida on a little bit higher level, you'd still have that. Now, I don't know if you're counting the Alabama game still as a win or a loss, but you'd have a either close loss like you do now in Alabama on your resume or a win over Alabama. So it probably would be elevated even more than what Kentucky was kind of thought about going into the Georgia game. Uh, so you'd have uh, 
you know, I guess you're saying with these three losses, if they all three just went the other way because they were so close with games that, you know, Florida had a chance to pull those games out. Uh, so, yeah, if you had if you had an Alabama win with your resume going into this game, uh, we'd completely be looking at it different, even if it was. That's crazy, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's That's two points. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, everybody's uh, giving up on Florida. It's just like, uh, but it's two points. You know, it's you, like, I'm glad you brought that up, man. That was something I was going to bring up to everybody. You know, Florida has been close this year. Uh, and, if, you know, if a good Florida team shows up, they can they can play with Georgia. But also, I still think a good Florida team can show up and still get beat pretty handily. Like, that's that's just, I right. think, there, there's right. a possibility of that with Georgia's defense. You know, the, Florida could play a good game and still lose by a couple scores. Uh, so, you know, like, uh, Auburn right now, to me, Auburn's a, a good team. They're not great. They're not elite, but they're a good team. You know, and still Georgia was able to control that team in the second half where it wasn't even much of a, a threat in the second half of the of that game. Auburn had their chances early, didn't take advantage. And Auburn's a good team, and Georgia still pretty much, you know, dominated that game in, in, in a lot of fashion, in a lot of ways. So I know we think just because Florida played a lot of teams close and if they played a good game, that might mean an upset. Well, it definitely could mean that, but it also could mean – two weeks to prepare, how good this Georgia team is, Florida could have a pretty right. good performance and still, you know, lose by a couple scores. But you're right. Yeah. Man, it's, a, it's it's razor thin this year. That's why I was saying that because it, it, we don't like Mullen when he says it, but in a way I was trying to go back to figure out any way that Florida can win. And it's like, in a, in a way, Dan Mullen's right. Florida has outgained everybody. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. If you look at Kentucky, if you take away those 15 penalties, I don't think the game is close. So it's it's like That's there's the so much part, man. There's, right. There's so many things you could point to. Whether it be penalties, turnovers. Um, That's what know, I'm just saying. Slow, yeah, I feel like starts. if we eliminate that, I just feel like Florida is a. A few interceptions away, like, can we just have a clean game and then – Right, there is you know, a path there. Yeah, there is a path. Right. Well, now, how likely it is, it's, you know, yeah. it, is, it is there. It is, there is a path there. Because yeah, it just don't seem the same Florida – like, we've been in these Georgia games. Like, 2017, it just felt like, okay, yeah, they're yeah. finna run – they're finna eat us up. But yeah. this one just feels like – I, it just feels like, man, there was just so many just stupid stuff we just could have avoided, and this team would have been a good team. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. And that's part of the frustration of this year. I think we know this team is better than their record. There's a lot of things you can point to that do say that. Now, the ultimate you know, determination, the ultimate factor is your record. A lot of people will go with you, you are what your record says says you are, and, and in a lot of ways right. that's right. Uh, right. But, you know, there, there there's – there's aspects you can point to to say if if things go better, there there's a path to a victory. There there are plenty of things we can look at to say, all right. You know, if we look, I mean, kind of going to your point, Florida's still scoring points, except for the Kentucky game. Florida's still scoring yeah. points. Uh, you know, it's, like you said, it's just gotta. Can you put that second quarter performance of defense together for three quarters of a game? Can you get an explosive offense that you saw in the third quarter versus LSU? Can you get that for three or four quarters for a game? You know, the, the you see aspects that you can really point to 
that say, all right, if the defense can play just like that and the offense can play just like that and it all aligns on one day, Florida can beat Georgia. It's just got to happen. <laughs> okay, what about one more thing? Uh, for us, the Florida defense versus the Florida offense. We know this defense was terrible last year, but somehow I think one of the best games we played was the – and it could have been our offense putting pressure on them. But, I mean, I was, I was just trying to do the match. The only thing I see different is we lost Ventrell, yeah. and that makes a big difference. Good God. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I was just trying to see this defense versus this offensive matchup, and I was just like, isn't this about the same? Isn't this about the same guys from last year? Or It is um, Georgia's offensive line's better. The offensive line, right. Uh, yeah, they, they've the, the experience there. They've been able to put it together. Because, to be honest, their offensive line was pretty disappointing last year. They should have been better last year up front. They weren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can really tell. And they, they, they've kind of bounced back, had their bounce back year on offense. But I still think you're right. And then we, and I talk about you know, the things aligning, the things that have to happen. We saw we we have seen this defensive line at times this year. And my one big issue with them is just a lack of consistency. But we have seen it. Right. You know, after that early Alabama onslaught, Florida's defensive line controlled pretty much the rest of the game. Alabama could not run the ball. Uh, yeah. And if Georgia can't run the ball and get their passing game off of play action, it's, it it can be a long day for them. So this defensive line is just really going to have to show up because if they can control the line of scrimmage. I, I really do think it limits Georgia's offense. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of ifs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And look, and we've seen that before a bit. You know, Florida what, in 2019 uh, did an okay job at stopping the Georgia run game. Uh, but third down after third down after third down, you down, gave up yeah. and, you, and you allowed Georgia to stay on the field. They didn't put up a lot of points on it, but you couldn't put your offense on the field. Uh, and you know that 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 can't happen again. You know this. Uh, I, I honestly believe, and I I know I beat it. It's like a dead horse by this, but Floyd has got to get off to a fast start. There is no coming back in this game if you get yeah. down. I, I don't think so. I know Florida's proven they can come back versus Alabama. They've proven they can come back versus LSU. I I, I just don't see it in this game. Right. Yeah. Well, go Gators. <laughs> go Gators, man. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. What's up, MJ? Morning, Dave. Always appreciate your time. Yeah, man. Thanks for hopping in. Um, I got a couple questions. Uh, yeah. Uh, more so towards the offense because obviously, you know, defense can be suspect, but, you know, it's anyone's guess, but – that was like a key to win this game. Do you think Florida playing methodical and really bleeding them out would be the best way to do this? Uh, it would be the best way because I think you, you're you running kind of into the strength and kind of the teeth of that Georgia defense. And if you could put some dis- disbelief in them, uh, I think that would go a long way. I just – I don't think that's the path to a victory for Florida. It, it, they're going to have – Kirby Smart – I mean, for all the credit we'll give Dan Mullen and his offense, this running first style quarterback, quarterback power run, quarterback run game, Kirby Smart's old Dan Mullen with that. And what did you see last year finally? You saw a passing attack. You saw shots down the field. You saw your playmakers take advantage of their playmakers on defense. It's it's going to have to be the passing game in my mind. Now, if Florida can go out and surprise everybody and, and, and run the, what, 2014 
you know, and, and do that kind of style game where you just run up and down the field, then okay. Um, if you can do that, more power to you. I don't see that happening. Uh, but I just think just because of history, the way Kirby Smart's kind of been able to control um, historically what we've known the Dan Mullen offense to be, I think, you know, that, and that's why I want Anthony Richardson to play a, 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 a lot more is I think he's the quarterback that can test down the field. He can hit those passing windows. And I think that's far as best path to a, best path to a victory. But, I mean, as far as it can go, I mean, and, and the offensive line is healthy. It comes together uh, and able to kind of replicate what we saw versus Alabama and Tennessee earlier this season then maybe there's a, a path to the victory there. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Florida is going to have to run the ball in spots. I don't think it's necessarily going to be running for 250 yards. But if this third and two, can you go pick up those two yards? You know, can yeah. Dan Mullen come up with a misdirection style of run play where it, it pops the big yardage? I don't think you're going to go average six, seven yards a carry on Georgia. But when you need the yards, when you everybody in the stadium knows you're running the ball, can you go get those yards? Yeah, I mean, right now I'm just kind of like, if we win, it's awesome. If we lose, it's just like, well, it's kind of expected. So it's yeah. just, I'm not, Dude, I feel like I'm going to come out on top this weekend, regardless of the outcome. But um, yeah, I, I brought that up in the uh, Gators Breakdown Plus um, uh, Q and A session yesterday. There's there's nothing to lose for Florida here, honestly. Go play. You, you got house money. Go be aggressive in every facet of the game. Go for every fourth and two, of course, if it makes sense. You know, not on your own 20-yard line, of course. But <laughs> if you're near midfield, go for it. If, 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 you know, call – I don't know if Todd Grant's going to do it, but uh, maybe more in these players' minds. If there is a chance for interception, don't go for the hit, go for the pick. Right. You know, go special teams, go be aggressive. Go put some more speed on the field. Go for every punt. I mean, there, you, you're – there, there's nothing to lose in this game. Go be as aggressive as you could possibly be in this game and see where it takes you. Agreed. Yeah, and I guess my second question is, I mean, you, you can't really feed off what people say on social media feeds, but, you know, I always try to get a pulse check what's happening behind closed doors. Is there anything that kind of suggests, uh, I don't know, not necessarily turnover attrition, but things are happening with administration, the staff? I mean, because we see players decommit, people talk, but I don't know. Is there What kind of truths can you possibly share that's, kind of maybe surround some light on things that are actually happening. Yeah, I think a lot of what we see happening now is just is really a natural reaction to what's happening. Uh, the Florida defense is not looking good in big games. Uh, and, you know, if if I'm a defender, what, what can a Florida coach on defense sell me right now? Uh, after what we saw last year, after what we've seen at times this year, and then everybody out there probably knowing whether it's a defensive coordinator or a lot of the staff members on defense, you don't know if those guys are going to be there. Uh, so the decommits make sense. And if you want a coaching change on that side of the ball, you've got to take that with it because it's going to happen. Uh, it's, I know a lot of people want to say, well, I only want, people who, I only want players who want to play for Florida. It doesn't matter who the coach is. That's not how recruiting works. I know it sounds good on the surface. That's just not how it works. These guys go for relationships. These guys go for coaches as much as – you know, it, on the surface and out in public, it says, no, you know, we're, we're probably a, we're, we're choosing a top public university and all that. That Come on. It, it's about football. It, it's about football when it's all said and done. Are there a couple prospects of class that it is about the university and it is about academics? Sure. For the most part, it is what can you do for me on Saturdays? What can you do to get me to the NFL? Whether these guys have a future in the NFL or not, that, uh -huh. that that's the message. 
Uh, and right now, if you look at the defensive side of the ball, uh, it's uh, a lot more questions than there are answers. And with just the uncertainty there, yeah, I think what we see right now is just pretty natural of how it's going. Yeah, I mean, Dan Mullen brought back the excitement, at least for me. Uh, oh, yeah. Some of the fans are pretty vocal about how they feel hot or cold or different. And, you know, it's just this year it hasn't been fun. I mean, it's been exciting at times, but I don't know. It's like I, I got up and enjoyed every single week we play win or loss, you know, the per- first three seasons this year. It's just kind of been like, well, you know, I think this is the uh, the year that you kind of – I don't know how to put it. I guess it's just this is the only year you get from me that's sort of like your get-out-of-jail-free card, but next year you better come with it. And right. if not, then I'm a, I am will start you know, raising alarms and getting my pitchforks and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, it started for a lot of people the way last year ended. Um, but, you know, translate it to this year, and I, and I, and I feel you on that. Um, it it kind of does think, you know, the, the most excited we've been this year is still a two-point loss to Alabama. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, of course, we beat, you know, of course, we beat rival Tennessee, and, you know, that's a rival for some people. Hey, and they're, they're looking good, for, too, right now. Yeah, so that's another thing. It's just like, you know, Tennessee's yeah, been down for a while. <laughs> yeah, and ever since that game, you know, they've looked pretty good. Uh, and, they, and they had their chances they missed versus Florida, too. But um, it's um, – yeah, hopefully there's starting tomorrow. Hopefully there's a lot more to get excited about. And then uh, we'll, we'll end the season on the high note. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how it all plays out. But, you know, tomorrow, if tomorrow goes the wrong way, it really is all about getting players experience and biding your time to the end of the season to you make a defensive coordinator change and defensive staff changes and really, really, really pushing towards 2022. And I hate saying that right at the right after midpoint of the season um but nobody's really getting excited for south carolina sanford and missouri get excited for florida state of course just because everybody knows why but you know it's um we're already peaking towards next year we're already looking big picture when we wish tomorrow was just about florida and georgia well so and, and rightfully so don't get me wrong so many people are already looking big picture and looking ahead yeah, I mean, I hope he pulls the trigger on a coordinator sooner rather than just because it's like, you know, when you start the search, I mean, how soon after do you cut ties? Like, you know, I feel yeah. time is going to be a big factor, especially with finding recruits or getting them back. And uh, that's going to be hurtful, hurtful. And that's, I don't know. That's my one concern is just the timing of it all. And I think just answers just too nice of a guy. Maybe arrogance is involved. But I just think he doesn't want to be the bad guy in the situation. Yeah, he, he won't have a choice. I, like I said, I, I'm pretty sure it was made uh, for, for on, on the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. All right, cool. Well, I'll leave the floor. I mean, appreciate the time, Dave, and thank you again for all you do. All right, thank you, man. Hey, Dave. Hey, Tyler. Hey, how you doing? Good. Um, you? I just got a quick question. Yeah. Uh, you know, when people compare Kirby and Mullen as head coaches, obviously everybody kind of gives Mullen the edge when it comes to schematically to schematics and you know an x and o guy but kirby obviously has a recruiting advantage and i was talking with some of my buddies this week and somebody brought up a point that i haven't heard a lot of people talk about and that's you know how broken the locker room was under urban with mullen there as oc you know it was was well known that percy beat up a coach at practice and still played it was well known if you were a good starter you could fail every drug test and you'd still play and urban was recruiting at a very very high level and I just wonder what factor that plays in on Mullen going after, you know, the top talent guys in the country, which obviously Georgia and Alabama don't seem to have those locker room issues like Urban did. But uh, I just wonder what if that, you know, going through what 
he did in Urban's locker room. I wonder if that has had a lasting effect on the way Mullen approaches recruiting. Uh, maybe some ways. There's nothing I've heard along that uh, that matter. I think a lot of it goes with look. He went to Mississippi State, uh, and we know we all know the difficulties of trying to get top talent to Mississippi State. It n- nobody's going to be able to go to Mississippi State and recruit at a at a very high level. Um, and I think, you know, Dan Mullen fell into a way of doing it his way there. And I think he had to do it that way there. No fault of his. Now, could he have been a better recruiter there a little bit? Yeah, probably so. But anybody expecting Mississippi State to go get Georgia, Alabama, Florida, LSU type of talent. I mean, look, we saw what Ole Miss had to do to get talent there. And that's why Hugh Freeze is no longer head coach there. I mean, you, you know what needed to happen there. But you, you got caught cheating uh, there. That was the only way to pretty much get those type of recruits uh, to Ole Miss and pretty much would have been the same path there at Mississippi State. And so I think Dan Mullen knew there was a way he had to do it there and not necessarily – every school doesn't follow the rules. Uh, but, of course, it's about the extent of how, how you follow the rules. And I think there he – fell into the way of his his kind of thinking of out scheming and developing players and look you got to develop of course you got to develop i mean that's uh but my my path has always been develop four and five stars uh and that's just kind of just where it's lacking i think his time at mississippi state bleeds over just a bit too much in how he approaches and how he does things at florida and look that's I know, I know it's been coming up a lot lately, and, and I shared my Matt Wyatt interview from when uh, Dan Mullen was hired and coming from Mississippi State to, to Florida, and a lot of things that we were, quote-unquote, warned about uh, is showing up here at, at Florida, the way he did things at Mississippi State. So I, I think it's more what his time at Mississippi State brought to the table as a head coach, more so than his offensive coordinator time at Florida. Yeah, and to be fair, I, I disagreed with the guy, um, but I just hadn't heard anybody bring that point up before, so I just wanted to get your take on it. Yeah, I, I don't think, it, yeah, I don't think we can shove it away. I think that could, I mean, could play some small part or factor, but if it is, there's uh, there's so many more things on the list above that, I would, I would say. Yeah, and at the end of the day, the locker room is the head coach's job anyway, yeah. so, um, you know, you control what you control. Um, but I appreciate it, Dave. I'll be there Saturday. Uh, maybe I'll stop by your tailgate. Go Gators. Go Gators, man. All right. Let me see. I'll follow up question to that, actually. Um, would you rather have a coach that wants to be here, obviously, and go through the growing pains, or would you want someone that's going to check out, like, after two, three years or something else better comes along? Uh, no growing pain coach for me. <laughs> I've, been, I've been through that enough. Uh, Ron Zook, real much champ. Nah, give me somebody who has the experience of being a head coach. Um, look, I know the Florida job's tough. I, I know it wears on coaches, and we're a demanding fan base. Hey. But I, I, I don't, I don't think we're over over demanding at all uh, when the, when you come and look at the Florida fan base. No more, not more so than. Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Florida State. I, I, don't, I don't think that. Now, we see it because we're connected to the Florida fan base. We see it a whole lot more than other fan bases do. But Nick Saban loses a game this year. You see it 
on Bama's message boards of the, the loss to Texas A&M, and they're going crazy saying Nick Saban's lost it. He's not the coach he used to be. I mean, come on. This is the best coach in college football of all time coming off of a national championship. So don't sit here and tell me the Florida fan base is out of their minds when you have Alabama and their fan base already calling for Nick Saban's head. So don't get me wrong. It's not the majority of their fan base, and it's not the majority of the fan base of Florida to act that way either. The, 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 the minority, minority is always louder. They, they get noticed a bit more because the thought is usually different from the masses. So it gets, you know, it gets noticed uh, a bit more. But um, as far as head coaches go, I think it's uh, – I know it's a job that's demanding, but it's so rewarding at the same time. And I don't think the Florida fan base causes uh, th- these head coaches to kind of, you know, falter along the way. I just think uh, it's just to me, it's just the pressure of a big job. Yeah. And then obviously like the timing of things, I kind of feel like, you know, if we do, or so if we do let people go or we do, or if someone does move on, like who do you chase? Like I always kind of have that as like a counter argument, but oh, yeah, when I hear yeah. these pie in these pie in the sky names kind of thing. It's just like, man, <laughs> I want to believe that, but it's come on. I think realism is kind of like falls out of perspective there sometimes. Just like when John, I think it's like John Harbaugh and then we got Jim McElwain. It's like, oh, Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's hard for me to sometimes want to move on because, you know, if we have something that's working, but it's not 100%, then fix what you need to fix, not, you know, cut tail and run. Yeah. Cool. All right. Who else is in here? Roberto and Jeremy, I believe. Good morning, Dave. Hey, man, how are you? Good, good. Hey, it's tough living in middle Georgia right now, man. It's tough. Oh, uh, I bet, man. The flags hey, are flying got, today. Oh, yeah, man. I got lucky. I Like I said, I grew up in Georgia, uh, but I grew up in Georgia in the 90s, so I always had bragging rights. So uh, I guess I, I moved away into the, at the perfect time. So it was always uh, it was always fun going to, to grade school and high school because I had bragging rights all the time except for 1997. So. <laughs> Did you go to school with Al Thornton? Uh, I I was in Blackshear, Waycross area, so southeast Georgia. So no, um, the only connection for Florida Georgia that I had was the recruitment of Fred Gibson, uh, the wide receiver that went to Georgia. Uh, Steve Spurrier thought he had Fred Gibson in the bag, uh, thought he was coming to Florida, and Fred Gibson on signing day uh, goes to go, goes to Georgia. So that's really kind of the only connection there of um, you know high high school football players that were good enough to play at either school. And it was a big time Florida Georgia recruiting battle. I mean, one of, one of the biggest battles between the two schools, uh, Fred Gibson went on to do really good things at Georgia. Uh, but that, that was about the, cause it was a rival for my high school. So that's why I always knew uh, about that recruitment so much, but uh, not, not, not too many connections there for, for where I went to school and where I grew up. Hey, I want to. Um, I was looking at the list last night of the people that spend money in recruiting and we got, and there's Tennessee, in, in the top 10 and Arkansas in the top 10. How in the hell is Florida not in the top 10 in recruiting? Does Dan Mullen just not care or the athletic director and president don't respect him enough to, to give him the resources to spend money? But Florida not in the top 10 and spending money, that, 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 that is beyond me, man. That is beyond me. Yeah, uh, FSU was up there too. Uh, and it ain't showing though. Yeah, right. So here's here's the thing about that. Uh, a couple of people have brought that up too. We brought we brought it up on Gators Breakdown back in like May, I think, somewhere around there. There was another um, another 
Willstat um, was out there very similar and pretty much the same. Um, so some people have let me know that the money for Florida is a bit skewed because Florida has their own jet, so that money's not factored in there. Uh, other schools have to pay for that, and when that's included in that budget, I don't know how true that is. I don't know how the money is factored, but I have been told that that could be why Florida is a little bit lower than those other schools because that they don't have to spend the money on that, so it's not factored in. If they had to factor it in, Florida would be a little, Florida would be a bit higher. Uh, but Dan Mullen was asked straight up about that. Uh, I believe it was Thomas Goldcamp uh, who asked him about that in the press conference on Monday. Uh, and, you know, Dan Mullen did say that is a uh, – money is a factor, one factor, but that comes from up high. So that is administration, that is athletic director, uh, and they feel like they need it, they'll get it. Um, but, you know, I – I have to figure out more also, you know, what is what is recruiting budget? What all does it factor in? Is it factor in, you know, traveling? Is it factor in everything that goes on, on campus? Is that you know, putting these guys up in hotels for two or three days when they're on campus and visiting? I think, you know, a lot more detail with that is needed, but you're right. It is not great when you see what we perceive as recruiting issues for Florida, and Florida is, what, I think it was 12th or 13th, somewhere on that list. Uh, and, of course, a lot of people are going to relate that, how much you spend, to how well you recruit. And if you're making that connection, it doesn't look good. No matter what it is, Florida should be top five. I, I say top five up there with Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. So, I mean, we're, we're way behind, man, it, and it's showing on the field. Uh, we got sorry recruiters. I've been to campus several times on recruiting business, and, I, like I'm gonna tell you every time, Todd Grantham is the damn worst man. He is he is the worst. I mean, believe me, I I I know a couple people who have taken recruits on campus as well uh, for visits, and they are always the two people come back to me, and they tell me they 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 tell me how blown away they are on Georgia's recruiting visits compared to Florida. Hey, I'm, um, I'm fixing to get on the road, man. I'm, fixing, yeah. I'm getting oil changed now. I'm fixing to head to Jacksonville. But I'm going to get off here. I'm going to say one thing like I always do. Go Braves. <laughs> there you go. Go Braves. Um, but yeah, I'll continue that. I, mean, I, I know people who have taken their recruits on visits to Alabama, to Florida, to Georgia. Uh, and you know, they do say that you know, they are blown away by the approach of, uh, of an Alabama and a Georgia, the kind of factory that it takes, the – um, the 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 approach, the way it looks, the way they handle recruiting visits. Now they they all come out and say they do like the Florida staff. They feel there is a more personal feel to it. Uh, but you know there is the glitz and the glamour and the uh, the the look that comes with those big time visits to Alabama and Georgia, and you can see how much they throw at it, and see how much they. They um, try to let the, the eye candy <laughs> pretty much impress these recruits. And while it, it might impress the parents and while it might impress a quarterback coach or trainer uh, and uh, a high school head coach that's going on these visits with these kids, what do you think is going to impress the kids the, the most? And that's what Florida's trying to get to. That's what Florida's facilities get being built for and all these big-time recruiting visits. And so it's a lot of, all right, these, this, these, this staff in Florida, we've heard how personal they are, how, how they're, they're good at, you know, 
you see the communication and it, kind of like a friendship of fatherhood and you're talking about somebody like David Turner uh, in, in that regard and Christian Robinson and they feel a connection there, but you know, they get similar connection at Alabama and Georgia than the glitz and glamor of what Alabama and Georgia's visits bring. And look, I, I hear about it a whole lot of how, you know, parents or the adults on these visits, they're impressed by what Florida does, but they can see how much the kids enjoy the Georgia, the Alabama, the Ohio State, the Clemson visit. So we'll, you know, we'll see. Florida's on their way, hopefully, uh, of putting that facility together and being being able to impress, kind of the same way. Now I've always felt this way about facilities. I think it doesn't matter. Yes, there's a reason everybody's doing it. There's a reason everybody's building these nice facilities, but I believe that just kind of keeps your head above water, uh, and then it's up to you to get out. Uh, and that that's where it extends to relationships. That's where it extends to the, the relationship between a coach and, and a player. So you have to be able to make up the difference somehow, some way. Uh, you know, so once this facility gets there, it'll help. It'll, it'll put you more on the level playing field with other schools. But it's still up to you to sell. It's still up to you to close the deal. And I still think that's probably where the worry would be uh, right now unless something you know, we, we see something change with the, the way the staff approaches recruiting. All right. So, surprise. Well, we've been going for over 30 minutes now. No questions about quarterbacks. <laughs> no, uh, very little talk about uh, defense and and how that's going there. So, if we, is there, is there some on field football that that uh, you guys want to discuss? Hop in here. Well, we'll, we'll go at it. I know, you know, the quarterback's been the hot topic for the last couple of weeks. We don't know where it's going to go. Uh, who's going to start? Who's going to play more? How it's going to rotate? Who's going to play when and where? I think we all – I won't say all. I can't speak for everyone. I think most people I talk to, most people I see, whether you're on social media, whether you're not on social media, want a change to be made at quarterback, whether it's Anthony Richardson starting, whether it's Anthony Richardson playing a whole lot more snaps. They feel the change needs to happen and has got to happen for Florida to have a chance to beat Georgia and to go on to have a successful rest of the season and help build for 2022. I think Anthony Richardson's the path. His ability, to me, is the best way to beat Georgia. Uh, we'll see how much Dan Mullen feels about that. Um, is there a roll with a hot hand? Um, not worry about rolling with a hot hand. You know, say Emory starts the game and he's playing okay, and Dan Mullen feels that's good enough. And Richardson either never really gets his chance or he comes in that third drive and it's just a so-so drive. And, all right, well, Henry did this and this the first couple plays, which is probably going to be some scripted plays, and fall into the trap of not being able to necessarily still push with an aggressiveness on offense, kind of still maybe more playing it safe. That's what I hope doesn't happen. Uh, I still think the aggressiveness, the willing to take shots down the field is what's going to be needed in this game to beat Georgia. And I still think Anthony Richardson, from what we've seen so far, that's pretty much all we can go by, is still the best option moving forward to try and upset Georgia. We'll bring Zach in here. Hey, hey Dave, Zach. how's it going? Good, how are you? 
good. Uh, to be honest, in my opinion, I think the only chance we have is AR. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, he, uh, playmaker. I, mean, I think you're going to need that ability. Uh, sometimes, sometimes the unscripted play, um, can be the difference. And I think with the unscripted play, that's, you know, he, he can make something out of nothing. He can make something that looks like it's going to be stopped and it can turn into a positive type of play. And I think against this defense, that is absolutely going to be needed. Yeah, I do have another question too. Yeah, but if we get rid of Todd Grantham. Would oh. you bring would you bring back Muschamp as a defensive coordinator? Um I'm gonna go first of all and say I don't think it can happen or will happen. Um well, I'd love to have much of as a defensive coordinator, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't see it happening. I don't see him leaving Georgia. He's a Georgia guy. We got to remember that. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if it changed now because you know he only got elevated to his current role because of Cochran leaving the program for Georgia for a little while, and then he got elevated to the role he's at now. I don't know with his contract situation, getting fired at South Carolina if he takes a certain role, a certain job, if he still gets paid by South Carolina and how that works out. So if he takes an on-field role, you know, does his buyout get, le- get lessened uh, from his time and getting fired at South Carolina and however much money they owe him and stuff like that. So I'm not even sure how possible it would be. I don't uh, – um, I, I, don't, I, I just don't see it happening. So I, I don't really, really go down that path uh, for Will Muschamp. Um I've started doing a little bit of research on some defensive coordinators. Uh, like I said, I think the move's going to happen, so that's one reason I started looking. I I won't really dive deep into it till we get the word that it's it's happening. Um, that's just kind of my my been a whole, my approach has been anyway uh, with coaching changes. Uh, but yeah, I'm starting to uh, start to put <laughs> some stuff together. I mean, who would you want if that did happen? Um. I'll just throw out quick, quick hot board. Uh, I won't get way into it too much. Like I said, uh, I'll save that uh, for for when it happens. Uh, Doug Belk is a hot young name that's coming up. He's a Houston defensive coordinator right now uh, from the Valdosta area. He's coached under Kirby Smart. He's coached under Nick Saban. Uh, from the story I heard, Kirby Smart tried to hire him as a defensive backs coach. He wanted to be defensive coordinator, so he went to Houston. Houston's defense has been pretty good this year. He's a young, energetic type of, I think, just almost a perfect um, target I think Florida needs to go for. So keep a name, Doug Belt, Houston defensive coordinator. Um, and a lot of people don't want to hear that the right or hear this right now just because, but you brought up Will Muschamp. Probably if you want to look at Georgia, uh, Glenn Schumann, he is the co-defensive coordinator, inside linebacker coach at Georgia. Uh, great recruiter. If you're going to be on that staff, you got to be a pretty good recruiter. So is Glenn Schumann somebody I might be, I, I, I would look at as well. Uh, other names, Charlie Partridge up there at Pitt. He's an assistant head coach, defensive line coach at Pitt. Great connections to Florida from his days at FAU. He has a big background uh, in the state of Florida. Somebody I'd be looking out for. Gene Chizik, of course. His name been brought up, Marquand Manuel, former Gator, and I was a couple more. Um, the connection to Dan Bowling, uh, Chris Wilson, defensive coordinator at Colorado, and Zach Arnett, defensive coordinator at Mississippi State. So, if I put together a big board, there's a lot of my names right there. 
Got to be able to be a recruiter, first and foremost. That's where, that's where Dan Mullen needs a lot of help. Uh, they're on the recruiting side. Of course, you got to be able to coach. You got to be able to develop. That goes without saying. But I think you got to have somebody who can have a backbone of recruiting as well. Gotcha. Yeah, all right. Thanks, man. Bring a couple more in here. How about y'all think about bringing uh, Charlie Strong back as defense? Uh, I'm so torn on that. Um, his, you know, his time at Texas wasn't the best. Um, I think you're almost trying to replicate too much of just that 2008, you know, Urban Meyer staff feel. Um, as Kirby, it, it, it's, it's Charlie Strong still caught up with today's game uh, a, a bit. That's kind of my worry there. Um, I wouldn't hate it. I'd still kind of want a young up-and-comer uh, style of of defensive coordinator. Um, so I, I wouldn't hate it. I'd have to sell myself on it a little bit. Uh, but it could be in a in what many will consider a do-or-die kind of year for Dan Bowen in 2022. Uh, maybe a another voice that could help in that regard. But I, I think I'd want to go a young up and comer route. Hey Dave, good morning. Hey, what's up, bro? Hey, I gotta quick. I gotta do this quick. I got a patient on the table, so I'm yeah, trying man, to hit it, hit, hit it right quick. Um, in the sense, think of it like this: bringing Charlie in gives you another guy with head coaching experience and to help you with the program. Just like Nick Saban, if you look at all the people he's bringing in, they have been head coaches somewhere else. So he has other people that helps him while running Alabama. Dan needs the same damn thing, be honest with you. Because he wants to do too much, and he does not give over the responsibilities to mm-hmm. the people that need to do their jobs. Okay? Well, here's the thing now. Here's the thing I will say about that. On defense, he does let Todd Grantham run that defense. That, that, key, that is Todd Key point. Defense. True. But look at it like this. If Charlie is there, okay, Charlie knows all the floor. Let's, let's just put yep. that out there. Yep. He does. You get Charlie in there and you get, like you were saying, some of that young, energetic talent. Say, hey, y'all come down here. And co-defense, you know, defensive coordinator with Charlie. Yep, I brought that up. I brought that up to a friend of mine. If you get Charlie Strong and you can get that Doug Belk, that kid. Yep, there you go. I call call him a kid, but he's not a kid. Uh, But you find some way to make that. I mean, Georgia has co-defensive coordinators. And you see how good the defense is. And I'm not saying – you're that good. I'm just saying it, it can happen. Yeah, with exactly. Kirby Smart, the defensive head and, coach, and you got co-DCs. It right. can happen. It can happen. And then do the same on the offensive side. Get a true offensive coordinator, point blank. Put him back in his damn role as a damn <laughs> offensive line coach. And what to call him for the wide receiver? I think receivers. that might just be title only, honestly, brother. It's it's Dan Mullen's offense. He's the one calling the plays. But um, that's the whole that's the whole point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's okay to put your stamp on the offense, but let somebody else actually have the title and call the play. I think that's what Brian was doing last year. And yeah, they ain't signed off on it, but Brian was calling the play. And you see how everything went well. They ain't got too much going on right now, and he can't just okay, focus the way he needs to focus. I'll just fit Mullen there a little bit. I mean, it's a lot easier with Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony. I mean, I'm not sure the offense looks much different last year if Mullen's calling the plays. All right, Roberto. I think you had to go. I know you were busy and quick there, but thanks for hopping. Yeah, I, I'm getting ready to get started. Hey, go Gators. <laughs> go and ahead. hopefully we get this win this weekend. All right, guys. Later. All right. Few more of you right here, Rich Bullgator and Taylor. Let's see who's in here. Whoever, Rich Bullgator, Taylor, whichever one. So, Dave, Rich, good morning. Good morning, man. Fired up this morning. <laughs> Let's go. I got one thing to say. One thing. Go ahead. Yeah. There's a million coaches right now coaching defense. Yeah. The last 20 years, you always bring up the same coaches. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Strong, Muschamp. Right. Can we get some fresh bread going or something? Hey, that's why, you know, the, those names I brought you, I think you, you missed it uh, right before you jumped in. You know, I kind of went through my hop for it, and that's kind of the route I was going as well. You know, I, I brought up Doug Belk at Houston, uh, Glenn Schumann, the co-defense coordinator in Georgia, um, you know, maybe Marquand Manuel, bring him from the pros down to Florida. I, I'm kind of with you. Um, uh, I'm kind of over the retreads um, that, you know, are, are making their way throughout college football. Uh, a, a bit right now. I'm. I want the young up and comer that everybody's kind of pointing to that relates to these recruits. Um, because that to me it, it still starts there. Uh, but it um, you know, to me it goes a long way. Uh, and in how I would be now. Look, we're we're not making the big board for Florida. Um, I know the the name Doug Belk is getting thrown around a lot right now. Uh, from boosters and from a lot of people closer to the program than myself that can maybe help make the decision. Um, but I, I'm like you, man. I'm, 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 I'm tired of the, the same old, same old names. But, you know, in, in, in Dan Mullen, what many will call a hot seat do or die year, I would be interested to see which way he goes. Uh, would he go with a safe, experienced defense coordinator or would he go with a hot, young up-and-comer? That was it, Dave. You have a hey, good man. day. Gators. You too, man. Go Gators it. win 45-43. Let's go. We'll take it. Thanks, Rich. Uh, all right. Uh, I'll jump in here now. Um, yeah. So, I I don't think – I think Charlie Strong is attached to the hip to Urban at this point, um, yeah. personally. I just think that – I think once you get that NFL – assistant yeah. <laughs> coach job i think i think he's gonna stick there with urban he knows it he he knows urban i yeah i don't think that him year. coming back to I mean, 
Yeah, he was very close to being with Florida last year. I don't think he wanted to share any kind of role with Todd Grantham, and I don't necessarily blame him. I don't blame him. Yeah, if you're Charlie Strong, and not to say anything personal about Todd Grantham, that's not what I meant, but if you're Charlie Strong, you know, why would you want to be there with any kind of other defensive coordinator? Right. I mean, if we're talking about taking guys off the Jaguar staff, that uh, Ash guy is over there, right? The Ohio State Uh, defensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. If we're talking about taking guys from that staff, yeah, he'd be one of the names I want to do. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I'd bring him for uh, our position coach role. I still would. I wouldn't make him defensive coordinator. Um, Sure, but his name, I know, it it may get thrown up again. But you're right. I think guys get into the NFL. I'm not sure they want to be coming back down to college. But uh, the other name that I want to kind of get some traction behind. I've been saying this since at least last year. I don't know what his status with Ohio State is, but their defensive line coach always seems to get the right guys on that defensive line. So I've always wanted to try to see where he's at with that program. Uh, But that's just personal, just watching how they play. Uh, I don't know his name by heart, but I will look at it. Do you know his name by No, I have no idea. I just know that. It's just one of those names that if, you know, if the fans can get any traction behind it, you know, that's just kind of one of those interesting ones that who knows. Uh, Larry Johnson. That's right. Okay. As soon as, uh, as soon as I looked up, I knew exactly who you were talking about now. So I see mm-hmm. his name. Yeah. He's the associate head coach at Ohio State as well. So um, I should know um, how, how ingrained he is at Ohio yeah. State. So. All right. I'll jump off then. All right, man. Thank you much. Bullgate, are you in here ready to go? Yay, I'm ready to go. There we yeah. are. Uh, I, I tell you, you, you've you've overlooked one option that Mullen can still do that would be p- par for the course. Yeah. He could promote from within and the already yeah, awesome could. defensive staff we've got. <laughs> he could. I, uh, that, name, that name Tyson Summers keeps coming up a bit too. Uh, <laughs> right? Hey. Uh, yep, uh, former Georgia Southern head coach. He's a defensive analyst now for the Gators. Um, that name, of course, he could he could go uh, that route there. Um, God, I hope not. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. and Bull I know you're high on oh, oh, Jim Leonard. I know you brought it up on the Gators Breakdown Plus. You know our our Discord server there. Um, you know, pie pie in the sky. Pie in the sky. And- number number one choice. Number one choice. Yeah. But he ain't coming. You know, if if you do bring that up, you know, like what is there anything you could offer him? You know, I'll bring up the background on him because a lot of people have asked. You know, he he turned down the Packers job last year. You know, Packers were willing to give him a defensive coordinator role in the NFL. Said no, I'm going to stay at Wisconsin. Um, you know, is there anything that you can offer him at Florida? Is there? Uh, I don't, you don't see this too much anymore, a head coach in waiting or anything like that. If you really want him that bad, if there's people out there that want him that bad, if Florida would want him that bad, you know, would there be some kind of sale to pry him away from Wisconsin? Uh, other than money and a contract right. that would allow him to leave to take the job as the head coach of Wisconsin, which right. I think you and I both believe that's eventually what he wants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, right. Played there so, and didn't go to mm-hmm. Green Bay to stay there yeah it's it would take a lot but uh no I, another another name i was going to throw out before that uh, you did mention was the and uh, defensive coordinator for nc state uh gibson i think oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah, has yeah. in the past two years just put together f- 
for the yeah no i know it's acc we'll qualify it but even so that's how nc state has been winning games they have had great defenses that they were putting uh hurt on clemson when clemson was good so th- this this young man and once again another young coach i think he would was, be uh, an option what was it tony tony wilson is that his name i thought it was gibson gibson it could yeah, be okay. wilson let me see but but I, I, while you're looking that up, the other thing I wanted to say, this was listening to Robert. Tony Gibson. <laughs> yeah, pa- Tony Gibson. Who had a patient on the table, which I think is funny. Um, <laughs> but he was say, talking about Charlie Strong, who is one of my favorite Gator coaches of all time. I, yeah. I don't think there's any Gator who doesn't love Charlie Strong. But if you, you look at some of the defenses that he put on the field uh, at Texas and, and uh, South Florida, they, yeah, were, they, weren't, they weren't good. And I'm not saying Charlie Strong doesn't know how to coach defense. He clearly does. But like everything in football, offenses evolve. Defenses evolve. And that's why you have a lot of these older defensive coordinators, like Todd Grantham, like Charlie Strong, like Will Muschamp, who you look at their defenses today and you see what was great, cutting edge 20 years ago, is not holding up today. The only old guy who I put in that category – is Barry Odom because Barry Odom showed at Mississippi, Missouri, that his defense still held water. That it was still pretty good. So that's another name, by the way, of the older coaches. He's the only yeah. one that I would be excited to see come to University of Florida. But you're otherwise, I think you're 100 percent right. We need yeah, somebody but- young and hungry to come. Somebody wants to prove something. Yeah, yeah, and you, you know, you bring that up, and that then to me, that's almost the same things we could bring up with Gene Chizik as well. Uh, right. Look, uh, you know, I had Gene Jensen on the podcast. Uh, I'm glad he came on the podcast. He says he keeps up with the game, though. He's you know, coaching clinics and all the off season and all that, you know. But what would that mean as well? Bringing somebody who hasn't been around the game on the field um, and you know, translating what he knows about defense and keeping up with modern offenses. Uh, so, you know, I, I'd love Gene Chizik as well um, as a, you know, as a as a former Gator, uh, and you know, he says. He, if he come for a right, for the right job, I'm not saying Florida is that job, but when he was on the podcast, it, it would take the perfect job for him to get back into coaching. And if Florida came calling, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he'd make the move. But that is the worry there, too, of being out of the game and being a quote-unquote older defensive coordinator. Would he be up with the way the game is evolving and changing? Yeah, but on the same hand, and I agree with you about everything you just said, the fact that he is a former Gator, the the, yeah. the romance involved there, you're like, oh, that would be so nice to have, you know, let's say Marquand <laughs> Manuel as a defensive yeah. coach, uh, Gene Chizik as a defensive coach, all these guys, you just you just hope they do well and you don't want them to crash and burn. But that's like Robert Gillespie. How For how many years have people call, been calling for Robert Gillespie to come back to Florida in some form? And now he, he just failed and uh, went to the University of Alabama. Of course, I'm being yeah. facetious. He I failed got, to go. To, yeah, he's he's doing great. And he yeah. was there was an opportunity at one time we could have gotten him here. And the coach at the time, I believe it was Coach Mack, wasn't interested. And that's yeah, unfortunate. I, 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 be, I believe it was when the move was made and he went to Tennessee under Butch Jones. I think yeah. he could have came to Florida under that, you know, around that time as well. Uh, but, yeah. But – it's it's uh, it, picking a defensive coordinator is not going to be easy. One finding someone who will come, 
and two, uh, finding the right fit. Because let's face it, it's going to be a bit, going to have to be able to recruit defense. Yep. And even though that's not the defensive coordinator's number one job, that's usually the position coaches. We need someone to make up for our head coach's lack of recruiting ability. Yeah, and I do agree with you. That that has come up a bit too, you know, defensive coordinator and and their role in recruiting. Uh, But but how well was Kirby Smart perceived as a recruiter under Nick Saban? He was. He was was one of the best. Lead recruiter. Right. He was one of the best defensive coordinators in the country and one of the best recruiters in the country. So you're right. It can. It it doesn't happen a whole lot. You usually want your assistants, your, your. you know, not your defensive coordinator, but the assistants, you know, the, the quarterback coach, the linebacker coach, the DB coach. Usually, of course, those guys have to be great recruiters as well and usually make up for a defensive coordinator. But it can be done with some, with some good big names out there. That's what I think uh, the guy you named from Houston, wasn't he uh, one of the listed as one of the top recruiters in the nation, like in 2018, when, 2019? Yeah, when he was at West Virginia – as the DB coach, he was uh, he recruited the state of Florida, and he was getting rave reviews on the recruiting trail for what he was able to do at West Virginia. Now and now, you see his defensive coordinator role. Uh, and look, I forgot about the the the, the Dana Holgerson connection there. I, I I kept trying to say why is he at Houston, <laughs> but you know, like I said, um, uh, from what I heard, uh, I want to do more research on it. That Kirby Smart tried to hire him as DB coach at Georgia. But he wanted to be a defensive coordinator, and that's you know follows Holgerson to Houston. It's oh, and uh, about tomorrow's game. Uh, do you, I, I don't want to say this and admit that I was a wrestling fan way back when, but do you remember when uh, Vince McMahon would come down and they sang the song "No Chance in Hell"? That's yep. kind of how I'm looking at the game tomorrow. <laughs> I told my wife we have two things: we could lose by a little or lose by a lot. We'll see what happens. All right, well. Thanks, man. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Good stuff there, everybody. I know uh, not too much Florida-Georgia talk, as I said. I know kind of the nature of it right now is defensive coordinator talk, big picture talk, future talk. Still a game to be played tomorrow. Still a big game. Still a big rival. We still hate that red and black. Uh, team up north, however you want to describe them. You can describe them. Um. But still a game to be played. Hopefully, the what we don't think will happen. Hopefully it happens. It can happen. I don't want to sit here and say it can't. It's, like we said, it's, it's slim. But that's why you go play the game. Go cheer your Gators on. And hopefully uh, we, can, we can be laughing Saturday night. We can be laughing Sunday. We can be laughing next week and all the way to next year. <laughs> to, the, to the teams play again. Uh, Levi, you just popped in here. This will be the last one. Right here, let me bring him in here. Oh, keep hitting the wrong buttons. There we go. Hey, Hey guys, how's it going? Good, how are you? Doing good. Hey, I've I've been listening in for probably the last 20, 30 minutes. Just got a question about the game. Let's say that Richardson does play the majority of snaps like we're all hoping he does. No offense to no offense to Emory, you know he's been a a true Gator his whole career. Um, but let's say let's say Richardson rushes for 150 plus yards. Do you think we win the game? Ooh, yeah, yeah. Because if you give him 150 on the ground, I'm probably putting that means Georgia's got to start worrying about the run and ground game as well. And then he probably throws for another 200. 
So if you tell me Richardson's got a combined 350 yardish, yeah, far, far is winning that game. <laughs> so unless it just turns into some kind of crazy shootout, which could be the case because of Florida's defense, it could be uh, a crazy shootout, and that's just how it how it plays out, and that's where those stats come from because both offenses are going up and down the field. But you give me that stat right now, I'm, you know, I'm I feel pretty confident about Florida walking out of Jacksonville with a victory. I, t- I take it. I'll sign up for it right now <laughs> that's what I, if that's what it would take. But, uh, you know, that's uh, another angle to this game. If Richardson gets the start, how well does it go against that Georgia defense, uh, a defense that he's never seen before? I mean, Emory Jones has never seen a defense like this before either. Um, it's, uh, you know, this, this defense is really good. We'll see if there's a quarterback out there that can test them in the passing game down the field, and that will be the difference, I believe. Uh, and, and you know, trying to insert somebody trying to upset Georgia this year. You know, there's no Kyle Trask, there's no Matt Jones, there's 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 not that style of offense in the SEC. Maybe not even in the country right now uh, that can test the Georgia defense. Right? So it would been it would have been fun to see those matchups, uh, but that's not what we have. And the only thing you know that Florida can do to get even closer to that to me is moving and making the move to Anthony Richardson. Let me say one more thing before I go. Um, just comparing, you know, to some of the great Gator quarterbacks we've had over the years, seeing Richardson as a freshman and just how dynamic he is. And, uh, you know, I hear Edgar Thompson all the time, like, what are what are we missing? I just don't understand how Mullen continues to do what he does. But does he not look better as a freshman than Tebow did or any of those guys for that matter? I mean, he look, as a freshman, he looks like the best player I've ever seen. Call me biased, but that's just my opinion. And it's a lot there to look at. Um, you know, he did play sparingly a little bit last year. Um, so not a true freshman. Uh, you know, Tebow right. was doing you know, Tebow was doing a lot of things as a true freshman in, in, in 2006. Uh, but, you know, not an expansive role. Uh, so we've got to see Anthony, I think, run more of the offense. If you want to – if you're talking this year and Tebow's 2006 year. So I think, you know, Richardson has been able to um, – mostly because it's had to be done, you know, open up the offense a bit more with him. Um, I think the potential's there. There's a lot of potential there. I, I'd love to see it untapped tomorrow uh, versus Georgia. I still think I'll go back to that. It is the path to a victory uh, for, for, for me in Florida. Uh, but, yeah, there is there is a lot to point to there to, and, and like and, you know, kind of make those comparisons if you want to. I know a lot of people don't want to. It's not, not fair to a lot of players uh, to compare – whoever it is to one of the best to ever do it. Uh, but right. hey, both, both, both wearing number 15. So there's a, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. <laughs> All good, Levi? I think so. I think so. All right, guys, I've got to go. Sorry. I know uh, that was going to be the last one. Soleil, Bill, I'm sorry, guys. I, that, uh, I cut off there. Uh, but thanks everybody for joining us right here on this Gator uh, Twitter Spaces chat. Uh, hopefully, you guys can get back in next time. I do have to get out of here. We're going about an hour now. Uh, but everybody, thanks so much. Go Gators. Beat Georgia. Go watch. Go cheer. If you're in Jacksonville, of course. Um, I'll I'll post where we're tailgating at somewhere on on, on Twitter. Uh, come stop by, say hello. If you're in Jacksonville, need some something to eat, stop by Four Rivers, two locations in Jacksonville, $5 off 25 
dollar orders if you mention Gators Breakdown. So I'm just trying to help you out, help you guys out there. If you're uh, grabbing something to eat around town uh, there, so you, know, you can support Gators Breakdown at the same time. So everybody, thank you so much for hopping in one more time. Go Gators. Beat Georgia. I'll see you next week on Gators Breakdown, all over Twitter over the weekend as well. And I'll uh, talk at you guys later.